Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Part-Time Genius, a production of iHeartRadio. Guess what, Will? What's that, Mango? So earlier this year, the mayor of Austin, Texas, used a laser beam to send a recipe for queso to the moon. Uh, (laughs) It's impressive, but I I have to ask, why exactly did he do this? Well, according to his press release, this is what he said, quote, We choose to send queso to the moon and maybe someday chips as well. Not because these things are easy, but because they are hard. So, uh, <laughs> so that's the answer. Maybe, huh? maybe that's the answer. But I think the real reason, and this is serious, was to uh, to teach future aliens how to make queso in case they ever stop off at our moon, which is a serious bit of intergalactic hospitality. I think. Wait, it's, you're, you're saying it's just the recipe? Like the aliens will have to supply their own chips and cheese? I guess it's less hospitable when you when you put it that way. But still, the, the mayor's heart, I think, was in the right place. His name is Steve Adler, by the way. And the recipe he chose is a local favorite in Austin. And it was sent to the moon as part of a lunar library that was stowed aboard a SpaceX rocket, the Falcon 9. Oh, like they, okay. I was I was confused on how you were saying they, they had sent it. I was actually hoping they kind of like carved the queso recipe into the moon, like with a laser or something. But yeah, I guess it's, sending it's a, it on a rocket is, it, that's a little bit more practical, I guess. Yeah, and a little less like a cartoon supervillain, I guess. That's true. All right, well, then how does the laser fit into this? So the laser is actually what made the whole library possible because they didn't just send a one-page queso recipe to the moon. The lunar library also included some other quote-unquote light reading. Do you mm-hmm. get it? I, guess, I think I get it, yeah. <laughs> and it includes the entirety of Wikipedia um, in English, tens of thousands of books, and, and a key to translate everything into 5,000 different languages. 
So sending a hard copy of all of those things clearly wasn't an option. And instead, the mission crew used a powerful laser to etch the entire library, letter by letter, into this super light, radiation-proof nickel disk. Hmm. And just in case the aliens who find it have bad eyesight, all the information on the disk was also laser-encoded digitally, so the aliens can put it up on their uh, view screens or whatever they have. All right, so all of this, like the laser etch queso recipe, all of Wikipedia, this, this is all actually on the moon now? Yeah, I mean, th- there's a bit of a twist. The The moon lander that was carrying the library crash-landed on the moon, and this was on April 11th, so so the mission wasn't exactly a success. But the good news is the library probably did survive. Uh, according to a spokesperson for the foundation, small light objects like our library do better in impacts. It was probably thrown a few kilometers away, a 30-million-page Frisbee on the moon. So. <laughs> I like to think about certain firsts. Like, the, if you think about it, this was the first Frisbee with a queso recipe on it ever thrown on the moon. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was all made possible by lasers, which kind of sums up our show today. Uh, when you think of lasers, it's mostly like death rays from sci-fi movies and whatever. But as the Lunar Library shows, the truth is that really real-world lasers have much more interesting applications than just blowing things up. From levitating objects to precision cooking bacon, there are lots of weird things you can do with a laser beam, and we're going to take a whole look at a bunch of them. Let's dive in. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Hotticketer. And on the other side of the soundproof glass, carrying on the show's proud tradition of thematic prop comedy, that's our (laughs) friend and producer, Lowell. Just look at that mango. He brought in his own laser pointer from home, waving it around, pointing to all these different objects. I mean, it's not a useful tool in his line of work, but he's made the <laughs> effort anyway. I mean, it's he's always putting in the effort. Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of spirit that we we really appreciate it around here. Absolutely. And and laser pointers are actually a good place to start because they really aren't much different from the lasers we use in research or defense. In either case, you're dealing with a device that works by amplifying a highly concentrated beam of light aka laser beam. So the main difference between these devices is their power level, right? The the maximum allowance for a laser pointer in the US is a measly 5 milliwatts, but other kinds of handheld lasers can range anywhere from uh, 25 milliwatts all the way up to 1,000. And that's what would have been used to etch the queso recipe into that disk, right? Yeah, exactly, which is also why they're used for laser removals and, and certain kinds of surgery. And those procedures aren't just for humans either. For instance, I read that some aquariums have started using a 700 milliwatt laser to remove harmful polyps from their coral. Uh, Apparently, the laser can burn a polyp away so thoroughly that it won't ever grow back. And the whole process only takes about 10 seconds. I mean, it does make you question at least a little bit how safe these laser pointers are, really. I mean, I I know they're weak, but if you think about sort of like their larger cousins and destroying polyps whole cloth in a matter of seconds, like the five milliwatt versions must do some small scale damage on their own, I would think, right? Yeah, and, and that's actually why you're never supposed to look directly into the beam of a laser pointer, because if you're to do that, which again, you shouldn't, what happens is that a small portion of your retina will be bombarded by like this highly focused light. And when that happens, the optical nerves get overloaded and, and you wind up seeing all these little floating spots. So it really is frying your retina, just not as quickly or decisively as like one of the stronger lasers. Right. And and, and so when we talk about modern lasers used for defense, it's that ability to temporarily blind and really disorient people that's in play. 
It's not like blasting through armor or, or blowing apart buildings. For example, in law enforcement, there's something called a dazer laser, and it's used for riot control. It's basically like a larger version of a laser pointer. It's about the size of a flashlight, but it's got a 250 milliwatt beam, and it's effective from about 30 yards away. So if someone looks into the beam, they can lose sight for up to 15 minutes and feel nauseous for even longer. So the idea is really to incapacitate a rowdy crowd all at once, and there's no need for uh, physical contact, I guess. I mean, I could see how that'd be useful in some like really drastic circumstances, but it still feels pretty extreme to use these on civilians. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's one application where it seems a little more appropriate, and that's when ships use these dazers to ward off pirates. Have you heard about this? Uh, I haven't, no. It's called Seelays, and and the stock version is a whopping 5,000 milliwatts, 20 times stronger than the flashlight that you mentioned. But if you want it beefed up, you can actually get one all the way up to 20,000 milliwatts. So the, the base model alone, though, is strong enough to be seen from nearly three miles away, So the idea is that at a distance, you could signal the pirates not to come any closer, like a warning shot, basically. Then if they continue to approach anyway, the dazer's real effects would start to kick in. The pirates would find themselves nauseous, disoriented, and of course, temporarily blind, which just doesn't seem pleasant. Yeah. And and that's like consumer grade tech, like anyone on the streets can buy the stuff. Well, they go for about $100,000 a pop. So so maybe not anybody off the street, but anybody with $100,000 in their pocket, they are available for civilians, yeah. Of course, the military has their own brand of Dazer lasers, and these go back as far as the early 60s when the first real laser was invented. There are early reports of a so-called eye popper developed by the Air Force. So according to this 1972 edition of The Post, Quote, the strangest of weapons was dreamed up in the early 60s as a means of exploding the eyes of enemy soldiers and their officers from distances of more than a mile. Giant pulse lasers would sweep back and forth across a battlefield, blinding anyone who looked directly at it. That's sort of terrifying. Was it ever used in combat? Thankfully not. I mean, the military eventually decided that exploding the enemy's eyes from a mile away might not be the most honorable form of engagement. And in 1995, an update to the Geneva Conventions actually banned the use of any laser weapons that cause permanent blindness. So this idea was actually put to rest. It's so weird that there are like rules to war like, like that. But why don't we move towards some of the more wholesome ways to use a laser beam? For instance, did you know that judges have started using lasers to help score gymnastics competitions? <laughs> no, I had not heard this. And I, I'm, I'm curious why this is necessary. Like what was wrong with the old way of scoring competitions? So the main problem is that humans can sometimes miss important details when deciding the outcome of a sporting event. Mm-hmm. And that's true even with instant replays. In fact, there was a study on gymnastics competitions, and this was back in 2015. And it concluded that up to 60% of athlete errors go totally overlooked by judges. And so the solution to that is to shoot a bunch of lasers at the gymnast, I guess. (laughs) Well, sort of. I mean, there's this Japanese electronics company. It's called Fujitsu. And it's been working to develop 3D laser sensors that can capture a gymnast's movements and analyze them on the spot as, I guess, numerical data. So the idea is to use these recordings as a supplement to the judge's own observations. And if there's an error they didn't catch, the system will draw their attention to it. And if a judge ever needs evidence to back up a ruling, the system can provide that too. 
I see. So then it's kind of like the motion capture that's used in the, you know, the digital characters for movies like Gollum and Lord of the Rings. Is it kind of like that? Yeah. I mean, except in this case, the gymnast doesn't have to do backflips while wearing like a suit covered in those ping pong balls. Right. Instead, there's a series of lasers that track their movements in real time and then transmit the data to a software program. And that way there's a detailed record of every move the athlete makes no matter how fast or complex it is. And this includes everything from like the placement of their joints to the exact angles of their movements. That sounds pretty amazing, actually. And you said this is already being used in competitions. Mm -hmm. Fujitsu announced a deal last fall with the International Gymnastics Federation, and they've already tested the system at a handful of competitions this year. And and the goal is really to roll it out in earnest at the Gymnastics World Championships in late September. But Beyond that, Fujitsu is hoping the laser system will become the go-to tool for judges, not just for gymnastics, but also for things like figure skating or any other sport where they're like scoring inconsistencies and, mm-hmm. and it involves decisions about precise movements. That's pretty cool. But I actually want to take us back to laser pointers for a second because there's a practical use for them that I never would have thought about before we were doing our research this week. And apparently home care nurses sometimes use common laser pointers as a way to enable their patients to communicate. So say a patient has limited mobility as well as difficulty speaking. In a case like that, a nurse might attach a laser pointer to a pair of eyeglasses or maybe the rim of a hat, and then the nurse would set up this communication board filled with common phrases, plus all the letters of the alphabet, and and the patient could express themselves by pointing to whatever it was they wanted to say. That's funny. It's like the simplest use of a pointer, but but it's also to communicate in such a specific way. It's so much more clever than, uh, than you know, just using it to get a cat to run around a room. Speaking of which, I, I know we both found some scientific uses for lasers that were equally unexpected. But before we get into those, let's take a quick break. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Part-Time Genius, and we're talking about all the surprising things you can do with a laser. So just keep in mind that even though you theoretically could do these things, you probably shouldn't do all or actually any of them. Case in point, (laughs) you could use a high-powered laser to heat a material to well over a million degrees. The atoms of that substance would cease to exist, and you'd be left with a soupy mix of electrons and ions, what scientists lovingly refer to as plasma. But again, that doesn't mean you should do that. So don't do that, Mango. Yeah, I I mean, you definitely shouldn't do that. Recreating the core of the sun in your living room is not recommended by this show. Well, that's a good call. On a less dangerous but just as difficult side of things, it's also possible to use a laser to levitate tiny objects. So this is something I'm fascinated by, but it makes zero sense to my mind. I, I mean, lasers burn and melt and singe. So how could that possibly transfer into making something float in midair? I agree. I mean, it's not very intuitive for laymen like ourselves, but it helps to remember that light, including laser light, is made up of photons. And those photons exert a special kind of force known as radiation pressure. And and that's really the key to what scientists call optical levitation. So when you have a really powerful beam of light, the radiation pressure it exerts is sometimes strong enough to overcome the force of gravity. So if you aim a high enough power laser beam At a super light object, the force of the light's pressure can actually propel it forward or even lift it off the ground. Which makes a little more sense to me, I guess. So so are like solar sails an example of this this technology? Yeah, that's it exactly. I mean, most people have probably seen one. They're they're like big gold-colored square sheets attached to the end of a space probe or another small spacecraft. And the reflective surface harnesses radiation pressure from sunlight and that in turn propels the craft through space. But you're saying it's possible to float something with a laser here on Earth as well? I mean, theoretically, yes. The the, the principle behind it has been proven in a lab setting, but a real-world test is still years away. And if that works, though, researchers would be able to push around tiny particles that are too small to control through other means. And Even cooler than that, they'd be able to power real-life micro-machines, by which I I don't mean the tiny monster trucks that used to be popular (laughs) when we were kids, even though those are just as awesome as levitating things, but rather things like flying a teeny tiny camera over a volcano or through the wreckage of a building or something like that. That's pretty cool. Well, since you brought up radiation pressure, I, I, I do have to tell you about this other weird application Gabe told me about. Basically, you can use two focused laser beams to create what's known as optical tweezers. Mm-hmm. And this allows scientists to manipulate objects smaller than a single micron, like a unit of measure that's equal to about 
39 millionths of an inch, or in other words, really, really, really small. Huh. And, and and so this works because of radiation pressure from the lasers? Yeah. So, so when you have a laser beam on either side of the object, the resulting forces actually work together and allow you to grip the object. So you can kind of think of it like laser beam chopsticks. That's cool. So, so is this something that was just recently discovered or what? When Gabe brought it up, I, I thought so too, but, but researchers first created optical tweezers back in the 1980s, and they've been improving on the concept ever since. In fact, the biggest limitation to the technology was finally overcome just a few years ago. For the last 30 years or so, there was always a cap on how finely you could focus a beam of laser light, and the result was that anything smaller than 100 nanometers couldn't be gripped by the tweezers. So I'm a little rusty on the micro measurements. Like how small is that <laughs> compared to the microns that you mentioned earlier? I'm embarrassed to admit that I'm a little rusty on these measurements. Yeah, well, if I didn't have a sheet of paper in front of me, I wouldn't know either. <laughs> so 100 nanometers is equal to just 0.1 microns. So we were already dealing with incredibly small forms of matter before that, like the organelles inside uh, a living cell or, or a particle of bacteria. But these are even smaller than those, and our laser chopsticks just couldn't get a hold of them. But back in 2014, researchers at an institute in Spain finally figured out how to focus laser light to such a fine degree that they could actually manipulate particles as small as just 50 nanometers. And so what kind of stuff does that actually allow them to do? So much stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> okay, enough said. <laughs> I mean, we'll never really understand. In <laughs> fact, I, I'm just going to defer to Scientific American on this one and, and, and tell you that possible applications include, quote, building medical products with nanoscale exactness, manufacturing nanocrystal geometries for electronic devices, and manipulating single molecules such as proteins, you know, yeah. that stuff. Oh, right, right. I guess that, that sounds good, I think. But all right, <laughs> well, we've still got a few strange uses for lasers to talk about, including a couple that are strictly just for laughs. But first, let's take one more quick break. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. 
Millions of people have made the switch to Nick Sleek Proof Underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Welcome back to Part-Time Genius. Okay, well, so we've talked about what lasers can do for aliens and for sports judges and for scientists, but let's be selfish for a minute and talk about what lasers can do for us. All right, well, how about this one? You can use a laser on your dirty dishes and have them cleaner than they've ever been before. (laughs) Like say goodbye to your dishwasher. You really won't need it from here on out because of lasers. Well, in my family, I'm actually the one who washes the dishes and I'm always looking for an excuse to throw out my dishwasher. <laughs> so so tell me more. All right. So it's pretty simple, really. Like you talked about burning polyps off a coral earlier. And it's mm-hmm. it's the same premise here, except with all the grease and oil and mystery crust that gets stuck to your cookware. So you just install this device that kind of looks like uh, really like a table lamp, I guess. And you put it in your kitchen and then... You never have to scrub another baking sheet or nonstick pan again. You don't even have to control the laser by hand. It is totally automated. So the beam just scans back and forth over the pan or whatever it is that you're cleaning. It just burns the grease right off of there. It's pretty amazing. Wait, so it's got to leave something behind, right? Like like it doesn't just vaporize all that gunk. That is true. Like there, there should be some food ash left behind, but... That's not the case, actually, because the laser cleaner also comes with a built-in nozzle that sucks up whatever the laser leaves (laughs) behind. I mean, this is just amazing. And the coolest part is that these two functions occur simultaneously. So the surface of the pan just goes from pitch black with grease to shiny and clean right before your eyes. It's like some kind of (laughs) low-key kitchen magic. It should totally be an infomercial. This honestly feels like you're infomercial pitching me. Yeah, I am, kind um, of. Also, I'm sold because, you know, I'm the designated dishwasher and and I hate scrubbing pans the most. It's definitely a pretty amazing invention. You can find the videos of this thing online. You just look up Laser Age TV on YouTube and look for the laser cleaning of a baking tray. But if you do, make sure you turn up the sound because you can hear the food waste just sizzling away with every sweep (laughs) of this laser. It almost sounds like an electric shaver or something. And it's all just weirdly satisfying. Yeah, I I bet. You know, I'm already sold, but my only qualm is if it's kid-friendly to have like lasers in your kitchen. Oh, Mango, it is absolutely not kid-safe. And it's... (laughs) It's really just for large-scale kitchens and bakeries, not something you'd want to keep around the house. In fact, this might actually be the strongest commercial laser we have talked about today. You remember the sea lays thing that ships use to to scare off pirates, right? Yeah. Sorry, are you suggesting this technology can be used to clean pirates too? (laughs) You know what? That's actually a great idea, but it's not (laughs) not exactly what I'm getting at here. But as strong as that was, it maxed out at 20,000 milliwatts. Well, the laser for this cleaning system is six times stronger at 120,000 milliwatts. But if you want to know the real deal breaker, here's another scary number. 
$45,000. That's actually the going rate for your own laser cleaner. I don't know, sending my kids to college for getting clean dishes and I have to, it feels like an even trade possibly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, well, fair enough. So, so tell me how this strikes you though, Mango. Laser cooked bacon. Uh, I, I'm listening. All right, so there's this mathematical science professor in Tokyo named Kentaro Fukushi. And a few years ago, he partnered with a guy who runs a makerspace in Japan. And together they designed this laser cutter that can perfectly fry the fatty part of the bacon, leaving the rest of it completely untouched. That's interesting, but why not cook the bacon all the way? Well, you could definitely set it so that the whole piece of bacon was cooked. Like the setup uses imaging software to build a map of each bacon strip, and then you can set the laser to aim at whichever parts you want. <laughs> I love that this is like probably the most complicated way to cook bacon ever, yeah. but uh, I still don't understand, like, why would you want partially raw bacon? Like, did they leave it that way on purpose? I mean, I love how much this is, is bothering you instead of just <laughs> focusing on the amazing technology. I mean, the truth is they left the meaty parts of the bacon uncooked for a couple of reasons. First, it showed off the mapping feature for their laser cutter. And second, it was a way of honoring the raw food tradition in Japan. Like seafood is, you know, the big example, but there are lots of traditional Japanese dishes that call for raw chicken or pork. Eating raw meat is much less common in Japan these days, but some people still prefer their bacon only slightly browned. That's really interesting. I, I never heard of that. Here's another unusual application for lasers I just learned about. According to research from the Lincoln Lab at MIT, it's possible to beam a secret message directly into someone's ear using a laser. So you could actually be walking along and all of a sudden you hear a whisper in your ear, but it's not coming from the person next to you. It's coming from someone eight feet away that you haven't even noticed who just shot a laser at your ear. That is so creepy sounding. So how would this even work? Like what do lasers have to do with transmitting sound? According to the research team behind this, it works because laser light excites the moisture in the air around a target's ear. So basically there's a phenomenon called the photoacoustic effect. And because of that, the water vapor in the air will absorb the laser's emission. And then what, that produces sound? Yeah, the, the water vapor gets so excited by the laser that it actually starts to vibrate at an audible frequency. All right, so let's say you live in a dry climate. Like, would this not work there? I, I feel like I might have to move to a desert just to escape this weird thing. <laughs> Well, it actually does work there because even if you're somewhere dry, there's still usually enough water in the air to produce the effect. You maybe wouldn't hear it as strongly as you might in a wetter environment, but even then the researchers think the volume of the sound has more to do with how well the water absorbs the sound rather than how much water there is in the air. That's terrific. You know, I, I'm still trying to decide if this is fascinating or horrifying. Like, on one hand, it'd be pretty fun to beam whispers back and forth without leaving a paper trail or, like, disturbing people around you. You could even have a conversation from across a crowded room, which would make for, like, an amazing party trick oh, yeah. or, or a spy trick or whatever. But on the other hand, it's easy to imagine, like, companies beaming ads into our ears at all hours of the day. Like, imagine walking past a Coke ad at a bus stop and it triggers this, like, motion sensor. And as you walk away, you hear someone, like, playing the company jingle in your ear. And things could start to feel super dystopian, like, pretty quickly with something like that around. Wow, that'd be pretty unnerving. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Right, but, but amazingly, that's not even the scariest potential use for sound-based lasers. Wired had this article recently about how hackers will soon be able to use lasers to speak to any kind of computer that uses voice commands. So we're talking smartphones, tablets, even home assistants like Alexa, Siri, and, and Google Home. 
Wait, so you're saying the microphones in those devices will respond to the light of a laser just like they would respond to a sound? Exactly. So according to the researchers who discovered this was possible, if you point a laser at a microphone and change the intensity to a precise frequency, the light will somehow stimulate the microphone's membrane at that same exact frequency. They aren't completely sure yet what causes this light as speech effect. But the result is that the microphone reads the incoming light as a digital signal, just like it does with sound. So if you were in a room when this happened, you wouldn't actually hear anything. The laser voice is completely silent, but the microphone inside your device would respond as if it had just received a voice command. All right, so what about the voice assistant that's on your phone? Like like on my phone, Siri only responds to commands if I'm the one who speaks them. So does that make smartphones immune to these kind of laser attacks? I mean, they've got a slightly better line of defense than smart speakers like the Amazon Echo or the Google Home. Those don't have the kind of voice authentication you're talking about. And that makes them especially vulnerable to light commands from hackers. But that said, if a hacker had a recording of your voice or was somehow able to reconstruct it, they could actually adjust the frequency of their laser to match the sound of your own voice and then use that to issue commands to your phone. So what what kind of commands are we talking about exactly? I mean, it's terrifying. They, they can make online purchases, uh, unlock your car, adjust your thermostat, open oh, wow. the garage door. It, it really just depends on the kind of system that's being hacked and, and what the user has it hooked up to. And the worst part is because of how intense a laser beam is, hackers could use this trick even on devices that are hundreds of feet away. So if you have a home assistant that responds to voice commands, your best bet is to keep it away from any windows. If it's in a hacker's line of sight, then it's in the line of their fire. Too. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, I, I thought we were selling a dishwasher laser in this show, but it turns out we're advocating for really heavy curtains and blinds, I feel like <laughs> at this point. I mean, it really all goes back to what we were saying earlier. Just because we can do all of these things with lasers doesn't mean we should. I mean, for my part, I think I'll just stick to using them to point at things and we'll leave the rest to the professionals. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. But before we bow out of this laser game for good, let's fire off a few more rounds in today's Fact Off. Okay, so I wanted to start with this one because it's something I always forget, which is that the word laser is really an acronym. It stands for Light Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. And the other weird thing is that most of that name was actually taken from an earlier technology that amplified microwaves instead of uh, instead of light waves. So, so masers, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I, I used to think masers were some kind of made-up science fiction version of lasers. Like in the old Godzilla movies, the military always rolled out these tanks with satellite dishes on them to, to fight the monsters, and they were called maser cannons. Hmm. But it turns out that those were a real thing, and they actually predate lasers by about a decade or so. Plus, they're effective against Godzilla, which isn't nothing. I mean, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> All right, well, back to lasers. If today's show has you craving a few more lasers in your own life, you could always head to No Man's Land for the the most remote game of laser tag on the planet. So originally built during the Victorian era as this British sea fort, the aptly named No Man's Land is an artificial island that never saw much action and was ultimately decommissioned during the 1950s. So from there, the fort had a single brush with fame back in the 70s when it served as a location for a Doctor Who episode. Apparently, it was home to a race of these evil bipedal reptiles called the Sea Devils. Then, in 2015, No Man's Land entered the strangest chapter yet when it was converted into a luxury hotel and entertainment resort. These new features of the fort include 22 bedrooms, 
a cabaret bar, a sauna, plenty of shops and restaurants, and of course, a 21-room laser tag labyrinth that winds through the entire lower level. And if you think about it, like, who doesn't want to play laser tag in the basement of an abandoned sea fort? It just sounds that so awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, in November 2017, a British laser lighting company set the world record for the largest laser light show of all time. This was at a convention in Las Vegas. The company made history with a 30-minute laser show that featured a staggering 314 different lasers. The show culminated in a seven-minute finale that lit up the Nevada sky with a massive 1,377 watts of laser power. And again, for reference, the average laser pointer uses just five milliwatts. Yeah, that's a lot of juice. That's that's interesting. All right, so we've run through a bunch of different applications for lasers today, but back in the 60s when they were first being developed, no one was really sure how you could actually use these things. In fact, the inventor of the laser didn't even really know. His name was Theodore Maiman, and despite building the first functioning laser for Hughes Laboratories in 1960, he later referred to his creation as, quote, a solution seeking a problem. And the good news, as I think we've shown today, is there turned out to be all kinds of problems that lasers can actually help solve. Yeah, that, that is true. But I have to point out, there's at least one major problem that lasers could potentially create in the future, and that is, of course, the warping of space-time. You know, I, I thought for sure this was going to be about some like real-life Death Star or something, but what do lasers have to do with space-time? So this all comes down to gravity. Uh, light carries energy, and because of that, light has its own gravity. But the gravitational force created by laser light is, scientifically speaking, a little bit funky. It turns out that when you rotate a laser beam, its gravity actually warps the nearby space-time, which you might recall is basically the fabric of the universe. So as the beam rotates, space-time curls along with it. And I know this all sounds kind of scary and world-ending, but don't worry because the researchers behind this discovery have a much less upsetting way to think about it. According to them, the reality warping effect is like if you put a ball into honey and spin it, the ball kind of drags along the honey around it. You know, I'm not sure that's any more reassuring, but it is fun <laughs> to imagine the fabric of the universe is honey. So I, I really feel like for that alone, you've earned the trophy for this week, Mango. Congratulations. Well, it is an honor as always. I do think we should thank Gabe for doing the heavy lifting on this episode as, as he does for most episodes, but but uh, lasers are so complicated and, and you did so much research for it. But I think that's it for uh, today's Part-Time Genius from Will, Gabe, Lowell, and myself. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Part-Time Genius is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.